0: back. Amen. We had a wonderful time. I say we, me and the Lord. <laughs> I love such a sweetheart here. and uh, <clears throat> But uh, me and the Lord went to Florida and we had a wonderful time with Brother Jack, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, then we got to go over to the Haitian church and <clears throat> be with Brother Luis Jean there. My goodness, what a... Wow, I love. I wish I kept thinking. I wish I had the whole church. <laughs> I wish I had everybody here. The uh, it's it's all it's like you've left uh, and went into a different world. It's um, that's the only way I know how to describe it. Those Haitian believers, they are just full of zeal, and my goodness, they they worship and they sing. And I was I was sitting there thinking. Wow, I, if Brother Anthony was here, this place would just go crazy. Because they had Jack there, and, and then we'd have Anthony there, and then they have another brother there who I had never met. And uh, my goodness, I, I just thought they'd make a trio unstoppable. <laughs> but uh, we had such a, such a wonderful time, and I ministered there and a couple of services Saturday and Sunday for Brother Jack in West Palm. And then across to Boynton Beach, about 25 minutes away, there to be with Brother um, Luis. I'd been there once before, but it had been quite a little while. So uh, we were looking for the Lord, and He didn't disappoint. The Lord never disappoints. Praise God. I'm going to invite you to the uh, scripture this evening. I want to take a, a title, uh, get in. Sorry, I didn't get it to you. I want to take a title, The Living Word. And I um, want to invite you to Matthew chapter 3. Amen. You love him, Amen. my. It's just a uh, wonderful when you when you sit back and realize how God moves and 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 sometimes you try to stay abreast of it and you just you 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 suddenly look around and go, Lord, you've been busier than I would have ever imagined. So you know we're we're just trusting Him uh, this evening, Amen. Praise the Lord. So our um. um no, 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 no. I'm sorry. John chapter one, not Matthew chapter three. Uh, my mind is on another sermon. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> John chapter one. Yes. Now, <clears throat> we had we had read over some of this. I think uh, the last time I was ministering uh, here, and um, and I and I. I didn't get to continue uh, everything that was on my heart. I I got to everything that the Lord wanted for that service, but I didn't get to go all the way to my heart's desire. So we're going to do that tonight, Brother Jack. Good to see you and Sister Kathy out here. Uh, I I got half of mine to let you give that testimony tonight, but you'd almost need the whole service. (laughs) Amen. Brother Jack has got a testimony that will blow your mind. And uh, we, I might, I might, I might cut it off early, Brother Jack, and give you a chance. We'll see how the anointing of the Lord goes um, on that. All right. So St. John, chapter one, and I want to read um, from verse thirty-five. <clears throat> amen. You have it. Say Amen. 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 <clears throat> Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looked upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we, com- we commit ourselves now into your hands, Lord, and you see the burden of the word that's upon my heart, Master, and how you've moved strangely, Lord, for me to be standing here to preach this sermon tonight. And Father, events that happened earlier, Lord, uh, inform my thinking, Father, that you've been busy since early this morning, Lord, and moving to this moment. Now I pray you capture our hearts and our minds, Lord, and focus us on your word as we are completely positive we have your mind for your direction now. Commit it to you. Commit myself into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, friends. Now you'll recognize if. If you heard um, my previous sermon, we, we talked about this where uh, we actually started quite a bit before where Jesus, you know, was coming and John said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And we made a reference how that, if you remember, that John actually said that two or three times. And so it was pretty incredible. Uh, when John ends up in, in prison and his eagle eyes get filmed over and he says, you know, he sends his own disciples to say, can you go ask him, are you he or do we look for another? And that, that I, you know, if you remember in our last time, in our last lesson, it was shocking because he was so absolutely positive that when he saw him, when he was looking at him, there was no question. You know, when he, was in, when he was in church, there was no question. When he's surrounded by his brothers, there's no question. When the anointing was falling, there's no question. But then, you're not at church. You're not around the brothers and sisters. The anointing, you don't feel all that much. And now, you, what, what, what you thought you were seeing at, at first, now maybe you're not quite so sure. And so we found that it could happen to John, it could happen to the best of us because there is never a man born of a woman greater than John, except uh, those least in the kingdom. And so, so we find that it was a pretty incredible statement, and it and it and it really comes down to uh, my thought that I wanted to kind of carry on, and I and even even as I would carry on with it tonight, normally I already know the Lord is moving me uh, to to go into some different areas. So now. When I take this sermon, I want to take this title tonight, uh, The Living Word. And incidentally, that's the exact title I took for Saturday night uh, in West Palm Beach. However, I'm not preaching that sermon. So if you go online at Brother Jack's church and you hear that sermon, you're going to go, wait, what happened? Uh, But you're just going to have to trust me. I'm being led of the Holy Spirit. So we find that the emphasis that I want to bring to you tonight is this term Come and see. Now, that, that goes back to what we were saying, that as long as John could see something, as long as he could experience something. So there's something to be said about an experience. There's something to be said about uh, having the word on display. I'm here to tell you something, friends. It is treme- of tremendous importance. Uh, Brother Connie, is that you? Praise the Lord, Sister Moa. Praise God. Happy to have you. I got a message from Sister Russ, Suzanne Fuses Sister Moa, so don't, don't even forget it. Happy to have them from Switzerland here. Stand up so everybody can stare at you real quick. Amen. Come on, Sister Moa. Stand up. All right. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, praise the Lord. From Sweden. Yeah, let's get that straight. <laughs> Happy to have them here sojourning with us for a little while. You're in for a few weeks, hey? Yeah, good deal. So <clears throat> I've been trying to figure out how we could put him to work at the camp, so we have to talk to the team about that. But I, I want to really now come in on this idea of a living word. Because I'm going to tell you something, friends. The word of God in all of its value you know, has, its, has its greatest impact. When it's actually on display, you remember the, that Paul taught us that the letter actually kills, but it's the spirit that gives life. Now, if this body doesn't have a spirit in it, it's 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 not animated. It lays down, and and there's really nothing that that my body without its spirit. There's nothing it can do for you. See, and so if I'm going to give you any help at all, I need to have the spirit of life in me, animating my body and speaking through my body and and giving you the words of life. That's how I can benefit you tonight. So it's better for you if I'm a living word. See, now we'll go another step. Now we're going to say more than just a living human taking a written word into a brain you know, going through the reasoning, coming out, sending air over the vocal cords, and now just preaching the word. So now it's off the page, and now it's, it's words you're coming, that, that you're hearing come. But now, what is, what's a better way than that is if actually my life is actually these, wor- these words, and I might not even need to say any actual words or read you any actual words right? So, so when he says to them, come and see, this is exactly what's been going on the whole time. John has been seeing him. The disciples have been seeing him. The, he said, Ted to the people, this is he. And so now the people are seeing him. I'm trying to move this away because it keeps, keeps popping. Excuse me. <clears throat> and so now the people are seeing him and this is what's having the greatest effect. The absence of that is what I was emphasizing when John no longer sees that. Amen? So now, how important is it for you in your homes or in this church or as fellowship one among another for your brothers and sisters to see the word on display? What about your children? What about your neighbors? What about your where you work? What about in the school? What about in the market? You will never be a more powerful witness then when, when, when you can actually can say to the people, they say, what do you believe? And you can say, come and see. Yeah. Come and see. Not even come in here, but come and see. I'm here to tell you something, friends. God has so ordained prophecy at the last day that The thing that is going to the world is a visible living word. And in fact is, if you're going to do this world any good or your loved ones any good, I'm here to tell you the greatest point where you're going to be obeying the commission is when your spouse can see the word. Your children can see the word. Your congregation can see the word. Your family can see the word. It's not lost on me that this is exactly when John in the book of Revelation, and he comes into chapter six, and the very first seal is gonna be opened. And he says, You know, one of the living creatures. Said so I saw it when he opened one of the first seals, and it begins to describe how he sees the white horse go forward, and and that's what he sees, and and uh, and the voice of the of the of the beast says to him, "Come and see." You'll find it when you keep going on through all four of those first four seals, which are the relevant seals to us because the fourth seal is the time where the seventh seal mysteries unfolded and and that's the time the bride goes into rapture. That's the eagle anointing. Amen. Amen. And so from the first seal to the second seal to the third seal to the fourth seal to the entire church age, here's the message. Come and see. Not come and go to school, not come and get a theology degree, not come and memorize, see? Not come and have a form, but actually come and see the word. John was invited. You need to come and see this, John. This is going to be the angle that God is going to use down through the ages. He's going to be on display. This is why Paul would talk about the letter killeth, the spirit giveth life. Paul knew that if it's only a letter, and now listen, when I look at this Bible, I'm glad that it had apostles and prophets that wrote it. Because there's things that are said in here that I would never have the courage to say. I would never have the courage to say to you, you know, the, the letter kill you will kill you. But I can say it because Paul said it. And I can say, okay, we're good. The latter will kill you. Say, wow, but I thought it's the word of God. Sure, friends, but if you, listen, I've made this statement before for years. You come to the house of God where the fresh kill of the word is, it is the most glorious place and the most deadly place you can be simultaneously. Because it's the place of life and death. Because that's where God took Israel in the Old Testament, and He took this many priests and He stuck them on Mount Gerizim, and He took this many priests and stuck them on Mount Ebal, and He made all the millions of people walk in the valley between the two mountains. And on this mountain, these priests shouted the blessings and the glories and the promises of God. All they had to do is keep the word and go forward. And on this mountain over here, the other priests shouted cursings and death and destruction. If you break it, and God God will destroy you and, and they literally had to walk through the valley and hear the blessings and the cursings, hear the promises and the warnings at the same time and whichever one, whichever one that they allowed to affect their life, that's the end they got and I'm here to tell you they got their own end. As, I, as I've said, Chris and I were uh, on our walk this morning and we were talking about that very thing. How that, you know, God is not some evil, you know, ill-tempered, you know, wake up on the wrong side of the bed deity that's going to burn the world. You know, they've hurt his feelings, so he's going to burn them in a tribulation. That's not God. God is simply, he cries out to man and has cried out to man for millennia. You know, why will you die? You know, why will you not come to me and live? I, I, don't, I don't value the death of anyone, not even the sinner. And, but, but when we come back to it, we find that Jesus goes back and quotes the Old Testament prophets saying, their eyes, they have closed. Lest the glorious light should shine to them and they should believe and be converted and I should heal them. See? So their eyes, they have closed. So, you know, the fact of the matter is God... Is not going to destroy the world. He doesn't. God loves the world. He's not going to annihilate this world. He's simply going to pull out the stops, and man is going to annihilate himself. He's going to take the bride home, and when the bride leaves, the blood leaves, and then grace is over, and then there's nothing left for the Gentiles. Then the then the blood ring is gone. The blood ring is gone. Sees, he's not looking at red through red he's looking straight at red sin and then the tribulation what else is he going to do but pour out the tribulation period I'm here to tell you something friends if there was ever a time for the living word to be on display in our lives it's got to be right now Amen. brother Branham makes some astonishing statements and I just want to perhaps catch two of them, uh, one of them in the second seal. And this, is, this has been so much on my heart and mind for days and talking to another minister about it actually early this morning and, and making some comments back and forth. That's why it was still on my heart when uh, Chris and I, of course, we do that anyway. We preach to each other on our walk. I don't know how we get any walking done. We preach to each other the whole time but I love the word and I love people who love the word. I want to talk about the word. And so now Brother Brandon makes this statement. I've struggled which one to read first. And let me just, I'm going to read you this one because I want to set my thought in your heart and kind of augment what I've said to this point. So we, I'm pretty sure that I went into the word incarnation here. Uh, last time or the time before, I, even if I didn't, it's not important. Incarnation is, uh, is, the, is the embodiment of a deity in, in flesh. Yeah. That's incarnation. Yeah. And it's either, it, it can, and in fact is, the, de- the definition says, the, a deity embodied either in human flesh, and when it's capitalized, it's God Almighty in, incarnate in the Lord Jesus Christ. But just generally speaking, it is a deity uh, who has taken up form, taken up and is now expressing himself in the form of flesh of a human or an animal. And that's an interesting little tail end to that. It's or an animal. And that makes perfect sense to me because if you think about that, you're going to see here in this quote in a minute where Brother Branham talks about Satan incarnating himself and he's... In, in, in Revelation symbolism, he's incarnating himself as a beast. Yes, amen. But in reality form, it's in human beings. Now watch, second seal. Satan is going, has incarnated himself. Now, I don't remember if I read this, if I have, I'm going to read it again anyway. Satan has incarnated himself from Antichrist to false prophet. And he starts talking about down through the ages in the days of the Jew and his Antichrist and is among the early church. See, in the early church and then in the dark ages and then he become a false prophet. And you know your, your Bible, he, the fourth age, they crowned him as a false prophet. Remember, it started out as just a saying and then it became a doctrine and then it became an actual person and they crowned him as a false prophet. And so so we find then, but but we also know that that false prophet has demons in him that are just placeholders until Satan himself comes. Which he's not coming down to incarnate the false prophet until the bride goes up. Yeah. Now here's where Brother Branham is teaching that. Second seal. So he says now you've got the early church and you've got the dark ages. he become a false prophet to the world. See here with, and this is so strong, with her cup of iniquity Now, that's to the church age now. But in the age after the church goes home, so the bride goes up, Satan comes down, in the age after the church goes home, he becomes a beast. He becomes the devil incarnate, the red dragon himself. He says, can you see what I mean? He is incarnate in his people then. So now this is Lucifer personified. He's incarnate in people. Now catch it. You say, I thought thought only God could be inside of people. Multiple. I thought only God can divide himself into his church. How can one one, former archangel divide himself into all the people of the world? You're going to find out. Watch this. He says... He says he becomes a beast, he becomes a devil incarnate. Can't you see what I mean? He is incarnate in his people then. He's got his people bound by his power. The false prophet has, this is a big point, the false prophet has prophesied them right into it. See, give them over to strong delusions. This is what we're talking about today, Chris. Strong delusions to believe a lie and be damned by it, denying the word with a form of godliness. See? So now, so now you're, you're catching something here, that he has prophesied them into it. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not the, the same. He has no power of creation. But watch what he does have. His power is, is the controlling influence over human beings who were born with free agency, who don't have it anymore. You understand that? People run away from Christ saying, I wanna be free. And they don't realize they're headed right to bondage. The only one who will make you free is the son. He's the only form of freedom there is because now, when you have the son living inside you, like Brother Jason said that time, now now you actually are able to live the kind of life God designed you for as a son of God. And you're free to live that. And you can do it because you want to. Oh, my whom the Son has made free. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, let me blow a freedom trumpet. Let me blow a jubilee trumpet. You can be free tonight to live after the image of God's word, to become yourself the living word. See, the false prophet has prophesied them right into it. So how did, how did you get how did you become the Word? Did, a, did, did, did God wave a magic wand over your head? Did, did somebody sprinkle pixie dust over you? <laughs> no. God sent not a false prophet, but a true prophet. And he has prophesied you right into it. Say, so what do you mean prophesying? Preaching. That's the, that's the term, prophesying. prophesyers are the preachers. Prophesying is one of the gifts in the church, the gift of prophecy. And it's amazing that you have movements today wanting to take away the gift of prophecy. And they just want you to take an electronic device and push play. Nonsense. You need prophesying too. You need the word to come forth. It transforms your life. Hallelujah, friends. It's it's the most powerful weapon in the world. It's God's word. If it's believed. Now, it's not just to you because the whole matter, remember the thing is the living word, so it's come and see. So now the whole, the whole world should, should be able to hear that from us, come and see. Amen. See. So now it goes into you to go out further. And that's why Brother Brandon would say any, any son or daughter of God who takes the word of God with faith now, with faith, and places it upon their lips... Brother Ram says, that's the same as deity speaking. Amen. See, because why? You've been preached right into it. You've been fed the diet of the word until you've become the word because you are what you eat. This is why we have to watch what, what this Laodicea world offers us. We have to think about what our eyes look at and our ears hear and our, our, and our life connects to and our activities and places we go. I'm here to tell you, say, so oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. Oh, it matters. I'm here to tell you, it matters a lot. See. So he says, he has become the beast. He's become the devil incarnate. The false prophet has prophesied them right into it. Give them over to strong delusion to believe a lie. God, he says, now God works his place in a trinity. See, here's here's the beauty of the trinity. And this is why, you know, I said to to our noble, highly esteemed, you know, mega church radio preacher who won't sell airtime to anyone else and and declared to the whole community erroneously, by the way, that William Branham didn't believe in the Trinity. And I, (laughs) more than I could take, Brother Joe, I called him up and I said, who told you William Branham didn't believe in the Trinity? And he said, well, he said, I I was, uh," I said, you ever listened to his messages? Well, no, but I was told, you know, by by well-established colleagues. I said, well, your colleagues were wrong. I said, I've been raised under his teaching. I've been preaching it for for more than 30 years. I can tell you right now, he most certainly did believe the Trinity. (laughs) And my goodness, you never heard somebody get so nervous. (laughs) I I thought I mean I I thought he's got now he said it on the air. (laughs) And so I kind of waited, because that's my sneaky way. And I I just kind of waited for, you know, a little bit of drama, a little bit of effect. And I said, now, he didn't believe in the Catholic version of the Trinity, but he certainly believed in the Bible version of the Trinity. He said, what, what's the difference? I said, well, Catholic has three, three different gods. I said, he saw it as three different offices. And then no need to carry on the conversation. It didn't, it didn't uh, go too far after that. Watch this now. God works his place in a Trinity Justification, sanctification, and incarnate himself. Now, I want you just to absorb that for a minute. Say, I thought it was justification, sanctification, baptism, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Right. Justification, because he's got to erase all your previous old sins. Now, justification don't do a thing for your future sins. It only takes everything you've ever done and justifies you of it. But then there's sanctification that comes in and takes over your life and you start going to church and you stop lying. You start loving the Lord. Brother Branham says it's, it's God getting a hold of your spirit so he can, so he can talk to you. Yeah. So he's trying to get you to the full new birth. And if you keep going on, you say, oh, I want to be born again. Do you know what that means? Is the, is the new birth just something, some emotion that you felt or some words that you said? The new birth is God incarnating himself in his people. This isn't just a movement or some religion or some doctrine. This is an event, this is a happening, this is a reality. This message, you've been prophesied right into the literal life of God justification, sanctification, and incarnate himself in his people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Holy Ghost is given for. That's what it is. That's what it does. And that's why it came. So now, see, so now he's, he's exposing the, the, the low-down copycat, Lucifer. Lucifer. He says, see, same thing. The devil is, is just in type after Christ. See, Satan incarnates himself. Now watch. When Jesus incarnates himself in his people, the very life that was in Christ is in the person. Amen. So if you're wondering why the world is so evil, wonder no longer. Because the he has incarnated himself in his people, and when God incarnates himself in them, they live the very life that was in Christ, is, in, is now in me, is now in you. So absent of that, then there's only two powers. You're either incarnated by Christ or you're incarnated by Satan. I'm here to tell you, that's the age you have arrived at. When you hear us talk about the end of the world, the end time, the last days, this is what's being accomplished. There's a church, there's a world becoming more and more and more wicked and evil until it gets to the point where it can't get any worse until it does. (laughs) It can't possibly get more perverted than it does until it can't get worse, until it does. And ever, um, listen friends, on almost a, a monthly basis, you know as well as I know, on nearly a monthly basis, we have to recalibrate what evil is. The the goalposts keep getting moved because you think, my, this this is as bad as it can get, nah. It's gonna get much worse than it is right now, but it's also gonna get much better than it is right now for a group of people who are the incarnated word. I'm here to tell you, it's going to get way better for people who are the incarnated word. Oh, I'm so glad that I believe the word. I've been prophesied right into it. It's took over my life. It's, it's shaped and molded my goals, my dreams. It's changed everything. It caused me, as I've said to you before, once I met Jesus, I didn't want to be me anymore. I was like Jacob when he'd come down there after a life of, you know, just a, such a shyster and a gambler and a liar and a cheater and, and cheating everybody. And, you know, and, and, and here he comes to wrestle it with the angel. And I, I just, I, when I look at that, whenever I go read that chapter, I just say, Jacob, oh boy, you are really tired of being Jacob, aren't you? And then I hear Jacob answer, Yes, and then I realize I'm the one talking. Yes. I'm done with Jacob. I don't want nothing to do with Jacob. He is such an enemy to me, Brother Jack. Oh, if I wish I could shed him, I wish I could get rid of him, I wish the real me, it will. So I want to be free. You will be. Hallelujah. Oh, you're going to sing on that beautiful shore. As Brother Branham said, I'll sing on that beautiful shore. I remind the devil, I don't care what's happened yesterday or what might happen tomorrow. I'm going to sing on that beautiful shore. When Jesus incarnates himself and his people, the very life that was in Christ is in the person. Come and see. That's the message of the fourth seal. That's the message of the first, second, third, and fourth. From the lion to the ox to the man to the flying eagle, they all had a common message. Come and see. Not come and be persuaded. Come and get a revelation. See. So then the the second quote that's been burning on me is from the Invisible Union. Very near the end of Brother Bram's Life and ministry. November 25, 1965. Look at the elected Abraham church pulled out. Big difference, isn't it? Not joining up. Pulled out. Look what kind of sign. Now, now just stay with me because I know what I'm about to say you, like me, you've heard it a bunch of times over the years, to where it's been, yeah, okay, I can almost quote it. I, I know the point you're already about to make. And this is where Brother Branham constantly went to. Now watch. He says, look what kind of sign that Jesus himself, the incarnated God standing there in human flesh, Now he's talking about Abraham. This is Melchizedek, right? This is when Melchizedek, Came to Abraham to confirm the promise. And he was, it's not like when he met him at the slaughter of the kings as, as a theophany, that, which is why he didn't eat. He served Abraham communion. He didn't eat anything because theophanies don't eat. So that's why, in the upper, that's why when he came into the room with the disciples, he said, Do You have any, any meat here because now he's in a glorified state. He's not theophany, he's glorified. And so now he's actually going to eat. And Abraham is going to serve a meal. And he's going to eat a calf sandwich and drink buttermilk and sit down. He's a human. And yet he's God. Completely God. And and say, how did he become a human? Was he born of a woman? No. Only Jesus. Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. Because he was born of a woman. Melchizedek, he just was a God created a body. Took Pot, potash, calcium, cosmic light, all these things, the 16 elements that make up a body and blew himself a body and then just stepped into it. And he came to meet Abraham and he has two messengers with him. He blew them into bodies and brought them along. And they're going to go on down to Sodom because they're not to Abraham. The one who's God in flesh is to Abraham. See, and that's why you have G R A G R A H A M. Six letters, Graham, but Abraham is seven letters, see? And so, so you find, and then, and then you find that the messenger to Sodom is six letters and the messenger to the bride is seven letters, both ending in H-A-M, see? So, so you find him coming and Brother Branham says, watch this now, he calls him Jesus, which is true, Although, you don't get confused, Brother Ram says, now we don't hear of Melchizedek no more because he later became Jesus. That's the incarnated man born of a woman, Matthew 1, 18. All right? So, but remember that the one born in Matthew chapter 1, that human man, went, went, when the, that's when he's born as a human. But the Bible, t- Paul told the church that, that all things were made, that Jesus Christ made everything. That, that everything was made by Jesus Christ. That's why Mary was told you'll call his name Jesus. That was an important point because that was his name. Make sure you call him Jesus because that's been his name now for a long time. See, and it's his name under redemption. And so we find that he says here, he goes on, now watch. He says that Jesus himself, here's the sign, here's the sign that the elected called out Abraham group soul the incarnated god standing there in human flesh you say because it's a modern theological debate you say that was an angel that's what many theologians say or is just a just a man you know as our again our local mega church super preacher he's just a man <laughs> He was born and he's died and he has mom and dad and he's gonna die. You know, he, he's long ago dead. And I'm like, well, how, how, why does the Bible say that he abideth continually and he has no beginning of life, no beginning or ending of life and abideth forever. Yeah. And, and I go right back to Brother Bradham's hillbilly common sense. Whoever he was, he's still alive. I love hillbilly common sense. Whoever he was, he's still alive. And as you and you're about to see why he's still alive. That's not just a little thing to say. There's a big, big thing behind why he's still alive. Why he abideth a priest continually. See, and, and so watch, so he says here, the incarnated God standing there in human flesh, you say that was an angel, the Bible said it was God, which bears out the Old Testament word that Abraham called him in the Hebrew is never, ever, ever used except in a connotation of the Almighty. It's always referring to the Almighty God. He says, the Bible said it was God, Lord God, Elohim, standing there in human flesh, Showing, watch now, showing that he would so anoint his church in the last days. Amen. Amen. Now here he is, 2,000 years before he's even going to incarnate himself in, a, in, a, in a, a child born of a woman years prior to that he's already looking 2,000 years to that and 2,000 years past that to the last day aka your day so here is 4,000 years ago and he's standing there as God in human flesh to do what to do what to so showing he's showing so it's come and see He's showing that he would so anoint his church in the last days, it be God working in human flesh again. As it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Same kind of thing. See, they see it right there in the scriptures. So this, this is why the question, the epic question. This is why a prophet comes and he's going to preach a sermon. Who is this Melchizedek. (laughs) Now I want you to think about this for a minute. Here's a prophet with a limited amount of time in the earth. He's only got so many days allotted to him. He's not going to make it to the rapture. No one knows that at the time. Even he don't know it at the time. But he's he he's got a he's got a, a fixed amount of time to be in the earth, and he's and he's going as hard as he can, and he's only got so many sermons he can preach, and his ser, his his preaching and his sermons are are what God is going to use to perfect a bride down through two thousand years. I mean, am I building an important case in your mind? This is this is all the marbles. This is everything. This is God. This is 6,000 years of God working to restore Eden. And while he's doing that, he's letting Satan build his Eden so there can be this titanic clash of titans at the end between Christ and Antichrist and a people who are being incarnated by Satan and a people who are called out and incarnated by God and he's 4,000 years ago and so that's why they can argue all they want you know he was a man he lived he died no he was an angel no he was a phantom no he was this no he was that but God had to settle the question and actually take a prophet with limited time and say you need to go to a pulpit and preach and answer this question what question Lord who is this Melchizedek say why is it so important because in Melchizedek he's gonna show you and me the people of the end time he's going to show you what he's what the plan is that god is going to incarnate himself by a people who have believed every word of god who have taken it as their as their very life and it's more important to them than life i'm here to tell you friends this thing isn't something we play around with this isn't doctrine memorization this isn't about camps or arguments this is life This is God's remedy to give you life. Everlasting. I mean, we were, Chris and I were talking about it today. You know, you get people who just, and there's an epidemic of it. People, you know, committing suicide. They've even glamorized it. It's, among, among teens, it's almost like a cool thing. And, and I, I think it's because that we've stopped preaching hellfire and brimstone. Somebody needs to tell them that if you, if you end your life here, it doesn't end here. The bottom line is you don't have that power. You can stop this biological thing from working but you can't end your life. Your life just picks up in another form. And you either have a word body theophany to step into or an anti-word body to step into and you're either going up or you're going down. You're either going into the paradise of God or you're going into the worst horror, horror, the worst nightmare. You've never had a nightmare. Like this. And people do that to escape the pain as if this life has the ability to equal in pain and misery what that's going to be. This life in its worst condition and on your worst day is not even to be compared to the existence beyond this realm. See, people say, Do you, you don't believe in purgatory? I do, I'm in it. If you're referring to that, which is between heaven and hell, I'm in it. And I don't need a priest to pray me out of here. I'm being prophesied out of here. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, my faith. I got eagle wings to lift me up out of here. Oh, friends, that's what this whole, that's that's why the question had to be answered by a prophet. So that there would be, it's not going to be left ambiguous. It's not going to be left in any kind of a question. It will be God working in human flesh again. When? At the last day. What's the sign I'm looking for? As it was in the days of Sodom. See? So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So this is why Brother Branham would even, you know, he would say, now look at that sign. Look at, he, with his Back turned to the tent. He discerned the thoughts in the heart of Sarah behind him. And then Brother Bradham wheel around, turn his back to the audience, and start discerning hearts. A sign that hasn't been seen since the days of Jesus. That's the sign of the Son of Man. since you you could probably find that in in, in some form working in the early church, because that was the ministry of the Son of Man as well. That was continuation of of the ministry of the Son of Man. But we find that once, once the light of the word started to go out and you get past Irenaeus and then you don't even have a, a correct interpretation of the Godhead anymore. And so now that, that whole thing is now returning at the end time. And Brother Branham, Brother Branham is not up there trying to show he's the prophet of the age. He didn't even wanna be the prophet of anything. He wanted to be a hunter and a trapper and leave people alone. But I, and so, it's, so it's, not, it's not even about his own human choice. It's not about your human choice. Say, oh, I just wish I could fit in. You're never going to fit in. You weren't put here to fit in. You're put here to so that, so that you can say to the world, so can say, where is life? You can say, come and see. How do I escape misery? Come and see. What do I do about my depression? Come and see. Oh, I feel oppressed and I got all kinds of problems. What do I do? Come and see. And people are, have glamorized suicide jumping out of windows and, 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 and taking their own life. Yes. A life they didn't even give, a life they can't control. And somehow thinking that, that they're entitled to take it. So it's going to show the bride of the last day God's plan of restoration. He's going to bring the full token back to his family at the end time, Amen. and he's going to incarnate himself in a bride through preaching, yep. through prophesying the message of the hour. You are lit- you know what it's going to produce? It's producing a called out people with the mind of Christ, Amen. and the other, which is everything outside of that, is Satan uh, copying God incarnating himself, and you know what it's doing? It's making a a beast right in the people, making the mark of the beast right into people. And instead of having the mind of Christ, total insanity. So this is the plan of God to counter the days of Lot and the days of Noah. That is, this is how God's going to do it. This is how God is bringing the strength that we need for, for the, de- the day and hour that we live in. Because where, where ma- now the madness is global. I mean, let's face it. The madness is global. You know, I, I, we hear, and I, and I, and I'm, I don't want to go too far into this because it's probably where I'm going to be Sunday. But, you know, if, if I wanted to convince the world of some statement, and I said, man, I need some really high profile. Who's the highest profile person I could get if it's really imperative that the world catch a certain thing that they need to hear Who, who's the most powerful man in the world? It's obviously and has been for some number of decades the office of the presidency of the United States, and he's considered the most powerful man in the world. Now, we know he's not, <laughs> We know that the, the, the one in the Vatican is much more powerful. Yeah. See, but, but, it, but as far as the world is concerned, if you've got to get a message that's got to resound and people have got to have some confidence in it, you're going to use uh, POTUS to do it. And so here you've got POTUS coming up to say that we haven't faced the chance of Armageddon. And he's actually using a biblical word. We haven't faced Armageddon and like since the day of the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I thought that was amazing because when you go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, they were needlessly caught off guard. If you go back into the history, you've got a prophet starting all the way back at the beginning. That, that happened in late, late 1962. A prophet almost two years ahead of that starts talking about the threat that Russia poses. I'm going to read the quotes tonight. Maybe get to them someday. The threat that Russia poses. And Brother Branham just blows it off to say, Cuba could do it right now. And he says, here they are worried about Cuba. And did you hear the president say he's going to make an example out of Berlin? And, and he said, and here's Cuba right in their backyard. And he said, and he's like two or three different places years before it becomes a crisis, but nobody's listening to the prophet. That's who POTUS should have been listening to. JFK should have been listening to William Branham. And he just said, wow, did you guys, hey, let's gather the Pentagon. There's a prophet in Indiana who said, we better worry about Cuba. And they wouldn't have got caught flat-footed like that. See, and so now, now you've got uh, the president of the United States today, He's going back to that missile crisis and saying, now we haven't been this close to Armageddon. And I'm gonna tell you something, friends. I love when Brother Branham, he comes in 1956 and he preaches a sermon that went right over the heads of of America because it was their last year to accept grace. And and they're coming right down to the end and they're not gonna take it prophet can see it. He's warned them. The jubilee is passing. It came in 1906. Here it is 50 years later. It's a jubilee. And he says, this year, you'll either accept it this year, or from here you'll go down, down. And historically, they have it has went down, 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 down. And he preaches a sermon titled, The Invasion of the USA. And here they're worried about bomb shelters in Russia. They're not even thinking about Cuba, and they've got this going on and that going on, and they're trying trying to hold the world together. I understand that. I understand that. I'm not ridiculing them. I mean, that's what I would be doing. I'd be trying to do everything I could. I'd just have to, you know, nobody really knows how to do it. They're just having to figure it out as they go. The experts say that out in the open. All they can do is think about history and, well, this worked, this didn't work. It's like the economy. You, you want to have something make you nervous? Hear, hear Greenspan literally say, you know, well, we're, we're supposed to keep the economy going, but the problem is nobody really knows how to do it. And, and the interviewer said, you got to be kidding. You're supposed to know how to do it. He goes, no, no one actually knows how. He said, we're just trying to, all we can ever do is give it our best educated guess based on history and based on numbers and models, but the models move and you know, the future's always moving. We don't know. And, and that's how uncertain the world is, and yet here is solid rock, and they won't stand on it. Think of how privileged you are. The fact that God has given you the ability to believe every word. No wonder your hearts aren't failing for fear. No wonder you wake up every day and you love the Lord and you look, you're look still looking for Mount Zion. And there's nothing, not enough devils in this world to throw you off track. I'm here to tell you something friends, there's nothing gonna throw me off track. The world is unaware. they say, saying, America, were we ever going to get invaded? They were invaded. brother. A prophet preached the invasion of the USA, and it was an invasion of demons taking over the nation because the nation rejected God for the last time. I'm here to tell you something, friends. One of these times, they're going to give a speech for the last time one of these times you're going to have an election for the last time one of these times you're going to come to a Wednesday night for the last time and you're not going to need to come back here on Sunday because every day is going to be an eternal day hallelujah that's that's why he had to answer the question who is this Melchizedek and only the called out catch it When the two messengers went down to Sodom, lords, plural, they're not even catching the oneness between Christ and his bride. Oh, let's stand up, friends. I gotta stop here. I'm gonna end up in my Sunday notes. Oh, what a glorious revelation of the word of God for this hour. To imagine, to try to get your mind around the fact of what God has done and what God has called you to. It's a serious time. This is God's plan, as I was saying, to counter the days of Lot and Noah because the madness is now global and the beast's mind has literally, well, it's permeated into every level of society with Satan incarnating himself throughout humanity in his perfect Eden. You know that? He's at 6,000 years. He's incarnating himself and has incarnated himself throughout humanity, coming to his perfect Eden. And it's just, the, it's just at this time that God perfects a bride right under his nose. And I say, praise be to God. God, right, right at the time, right at the time, he's perfecting his bride. Christ is perfecting his He's marrying her in an invisible union. So the world don't believe us because it's invisible. <laughs> they're going to find out one of these days. They're going to look around, brother, and said, they're going to say, well, I thought Elijah was supposed to come. I thought this was supposed to happen. And he said, they'll hear a voice say, it's already come, and you didn't know it. Oh, my, 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 my. Let's bow our heads now. Father we thank you for your word tonight thank you lord it thrills me so much it just means so much to me when i start to think of it lord and we begin to break it down and the reality of it be, it be we, we start to absorb it and i realize my goodness i i this is happening and i'm in the big middle of it it's happening all around me it's like i'm being caught in a vortex of prophecy and it's just wrapping up Lifting a bride right off the earth, oh, master. We pray tonight for all of our loved ones, we pray for our families tonight. This is such a serious time. I pray for parents to have wisdom, Lord, for their children, for their teenagers. I pray for teenagers, Lord, that they be filled with your spirit, oh, God. I pray for the single, I pray for the married, I pray for the young, I pray for the elderly. Lord, I pray for the ministers. I pray for the laity. I One and all, all in one, oh God. We must see you clearly. We must, we must see you. No wonder Satan fills up our lives with every kind of distraction. That's not new. That's not novel. He's been doing that for a long time. What? It's not even alarming that he's doing that. What's alarming? is that he's has too much success in those who are your family who oughtn't to be that ingrained in the world. Oughtn't to be. They oughtn't to be that, that far out that they can't feel that movement of the Holy Spirit looking to incarnate itself within their lives. I pray, Lord God, for your family I pray for the strong. I pray for the weak. I pray for those who are strong in faith, those who are weak in faith, those with a strong commitment and those who need a strong commitment. I pray, oh God, for our homes. This is a treacherous time. And the enemy has incarnated himself and it's permeated society at every level. There is no clean place. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us in these closing scenes of history. We don't know how many days we have left but we know the last day is approaching rapidly we're up against a fixed we're up against a fixed date a fixed date that jesus said the father had it in his head when he was going to restore israel you're going to restore israel they ask you will you at this time restore israel and, and Jesus said the Father has that to Himself. There is a time when He's going to send Moses and Elijah and restore Israel. That's a fixed time. That's on the calendar now. Amen. We don't know how close we are to it, but we know we're being backed up against a, an unmovable line. And you're going to have to exodus your bride before, before you can do that. So Master, prophetically speaking, Time can't just keep going on. I know it can seem like that. The devil gets people thinking that way. Oh, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things are the same and nothing changes. Oh, it does. It's changing. Every day that calendar changes, it comes nearer to that fixed date that the Father knows. We're coming up against a fixed a fixed wall, and we're going to have to be ready. And once it reaches that wall, whoever's not ready, will we'll be left behind to face a world of tribulation. Don't let that be me, oh God. Don't let that be any of my loved ones. Don't let that be anybody in this church. Oh, Master, help us tonight, Lord God. Help us to be serious-minded to see the, the hour that we've arrived at. Your coming is soon. It has to be very soon. So we thank you. We see the world falling to pieces all around us. I pray that you will move on our hearts, Lord God, to to desire to pull close to you at this hour, pull away from the world, pull close to you. May you grant it, Lord. We love you for this service tonight. I thank you for your great grace and your great mercy to us. I commit it to you in Jesus' name, amen. Let me look at prayer requests. Brother Anthony, sing for us
1: bless be bless be requests that have come
0: in let me just make sure I'm not missing any I don't think I am I think I got them all here Mm -hmm. okay so here's what uh, here's what I have we had an internet uh, request come in where did this go oh here we go pray for Lorraine Chavez to be healed of memory loss and hearing loss all health problems and be restored to excellent health and all things restored back to her. Lorraine Chavez. Um, Sister Becca says, uh, can you pray for Uncle Chuck? Uh, he's not good health-wise on full oxygen. Wow, full oxygen. Wow. How old is he now, Beck? Wow. Most of y'all know, um, this is the one that comes and visits, right? Yeah. And your mother's brother, Right. So we want to be remembering Sister Rebecca's uncle, Chuck. Um, who, who sent me this? Okay, here is... Uh, excuse me, I, I realized I just got this and I didn't write who it's from. Okay, so here is... Uh, <clears throat> oh, so here's one from... Sister Chastity, I'm having to stream tonight as I'm struggling with a sinus infection. My devil just battles our sister so much with that sinuses. And I I get it's rainy and I get, you know, the season maybe. But let's just be praying for our sister Chastity tonight. Um, I'd appreciate the church's prayer. Brother George writes, good evening, Brother Jason. God bless. Prayer requests for my mother, Sister Dorothy Buckman. Doctor said, unless uh, the doctor said results on her biopsy, of the small mass in her lung was positive for cancer. The good news is they caught it early and are recommending surgery to remove it with no other treatments needed. Just uh, join us in prayer and believing this tumor will shrink between now and when the surgery is scheduled so it won't even be necessary. Amen. I'll pray for that. Praise the Lord that God will absolutely move for these needs. Uh, so if you sent me something, I'm sorry I didn't see it. Uh, I think I've got everything that was sent to me. Hopefully, haven't overlooked anything. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's bow our heads again. Father, we thank you tonight. And Lord, I, I say as I, I love those soothing words, Lord, that our deacon is fond of saying, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. I love to hear that said, and I love saying it. Lord, I love you. Father, we love you tonight. Master, we love you tonight. Oh, Lord Jesus, our, our king, our, our maker, our, oh, Father, the bridegroom of the bride, Lord, the giver of eternal life and all good things, and you've given us your word and give us your spirit. We love you for this, Lord. Help us tonight, Lord, to absorb the words that we heard. May there be a manifestation, Lord. May you uh, uh, demonstrate your word as you, as the Bible says in the book of Acts, he showed his self alive after his passion. You love to show yourself alive, oh God, and we thank you for that. We ask for these requests, Lord God. We're asking for Sister Chastity. We're asking for Sister Rebecca's uncle. We're asking for Brother George's mother. We're asking for this internet request that come in. Lord, you heard those requests read. And Father, you know what the need is there. And I pray, Lord God, that you will move supernaturally. Come here, Mason. Come here. Come here. Put your arms around me. Father, in the name of Jesus, curse it be the enemy, Lord, that's trying to torment. Demons are tormentors. They're tormentors, Lord. And I condemn Satan in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I deliver him in the name of the Son of God. Lord, with the anointing upon me, I lay my arms and put my arms around him. He wraps his arms around me and I condemn the work of the enemy. On behalf of the kingdom of heaven, I speak deliverance and freedom. On behalf of the family of God, I speak freedom and deliverance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that name above all names, we condemn the enemy. Satan, you are defeated, you are exposed, you have no rights, you are a trespasser. This is a young man who loves the Lord and loves the word. And you have no rights, no rights whatsoever. Christ has removed them from you. And I condemn you from this very hour. You will take your hands off of God's property. We adjure you by Jesus Christ, the Son of God who defeated you at Calvary. Stripped you of every power and you have no power left all power and authority is given unto Christ and he has given it unto his church and he has ordained me as a shepherd over this young man and I condemn you. I stand as a prophet said, you hear me Satan. A prophet said I am commissioned to stand in the steps of Jesus Christ and to perform his works. You're a liar. Christ is true and you're condemned. Now leave him, I pray master, in the name of Jesus Christ that the Holy Ghost who is the enforcer of God. God's word will see him to complete freedom and deliverance. Let it be so from this very hour. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Go believing it, Mace. God bless you. It's going to be all right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sing for us, Brother Anthony. Amen. Blessed be.
1: Blessed be. Blessed be.